0: There's a big connection between athletics and entrepreneurship. I've said it many times. We've talked to many people about the fact that sports can teach you a lot of life skills that can take you way deep into the business world. You can take those skills you've acquired and leverage them later on. Today, our guest is, a, an, is an entrepreneur who is leveraging his skill sets he learned from playing Division One football into his entrepreneurial journey. And you're going to see how he's helping other athletes find how they can use that as well. So you don't want to miss this episode of the game time guru. So what time is it? Game time this is the game time guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, shane larson and i'm helping you see sports through a different lens what's up everybody welcome out to another episode of the game time guru podcast i am your host shane larson excited to be here for yet another interview i know a lot of you guys have uh, been with me from the beginning we're going on almost five full years of the show 92 different countries 73 almost seventy-four thousand downloads at this point and it's due in large part to everybody who's tuned in. So if this is your first time listening, because you know our guest, uh, welcome aboard. I'm glad to have you guys here, and hopefully you guys enjoy the show, enjoy the content that we're going to be bringing you guys. I just ask in return, hey, if you guys could do me a favor, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the the show get out to more people. That's the reality of the situation, right? I tell everybody that reviews are more helpful than just listening. So if you can leave me a review, it'd be super helpful. It gets the show out to more people, helps us grow and get the messages out to more. Um, and then a couple other housekeeping items. One, make sure you're following me on my my social platforms, Instagram, Twitter. That's where I'm doing most of my stuff, but I'm also on Facebook. So go find the Game Time Guru on all the different platforms, and uh, I'd love to converse with you guys there. Now, to introduce our guest, as you guys heard in the introduction, we're bringing on somebody who has a, a very um, strong message, and it's somebody that I relate to a lot because of what he's trying to do um, with with his business now. And we're going to talk to him about his athletic background. We're going to talk to him about his business background and seeing what he's doing right now. But his name is Devin Scott, founder owner of athlete to entrepreneur. We're going to talk to him about his journey, but Devin, thanks so much for joining us, brother.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, mix. Glad to be here. Super excited to be here and can't wait to get into the conversation. Oh, heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Devin, let's
0: rewind the clock a little bit, brother. You know, we, we talked to sports figures, those who have a, a sports background here on the show. I want to know, a little bit more about your, before we get into the business side, let's talk about your athletics side. You know, when did you, when did you start playing ball
1: uh, and what sports did you play when you were growing up as a younger child? Yes, sir, man, sports, man, where I came from, it's you either making the sports or you don't make it. So it, it it's literally, I played all the sports, basketball, football, baseball, started playing second grade, probably, probably around like six to eight or so. So I've been playing sports my entire life. And, and it's really just something that allowed me to stay out of the, the environment of what I lived in and gave me something else to do. So basketball, football, baseball. Uh didn't really like baseball, so I gave up baseball in middle school, but um, I, I was decent. But going into high school, I'm from Indiana, love basketball, love it a lot. I was just a little better at football. Now you probably see some football jersey behind me. That's my wife's jersey. She was a hooper. Um right. I actually love basketball more than football. It's kind of funny, but I was way better at football than basketball. <laughs> and I was hurt every single year in, in high school from football. So it's hard to play basketball when you're hurt with anything. We don't gotta get into all that. But um, so yeah, played for a long time, my whole life, and it's really is who made me um is what made me who I am today. That is awesome, man. Now
0: I do want to kind of get into that injuries. You mentioned you had suffered some injuries. Talk to us about the mindset that it takes you through trying to recover from an injury and then maybe getting injured again. Like a lot of these athletes that listen right now, a lot of the younger kids, they might not, they may, they may or may not have experienced that yet, but I want to see from somebody who's gone through it, maybe some advice you'd give them kind of talk to them about your mindset and how you were able to get through it because injuries, everyone always sees the professional athletes, Devin, and they say, Oh. Oh they're out 6 to 10 weeks. Okay, well they're just fine, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes during that 6 to 10 week period. There's rehab, there's a mental game that it plays. It's psychological bad like on you cuz you you're not being able to move. So you're getting out of shape, you're not able to get There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't really see, but I'd like to
1: kind of pick your brain on that from someone who's had to experience it. Mm, yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's part of the game, right? It's a part of the game, especially I'm um, playing football. I mean, it's a contact sport. So when it comes to, to injuries, a lot of my injuries, I'm I'm grateful and thankful I didn't have any like extreme injuries, anything crazy, but like I have a lot of chronic injuries. So even like standing here today, you may see me just move my hips a little bit because I'm still tight to this day. Um, It's a chronic thing that's over, over time. But once, some, once something happens, for an example, um, I mean, I guess I'll go back when I dislocated my wrist. So it was a dislocation. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad, right? It's not going to be that bad. I'm going to be right back and good to go. Until the doctor told me that it's a it's a grade six dislocation and I wish it would have just broke it because it would have healed faster. And I'm like, dang, I thought a dislocation is better than a break. And then what happens after that, like you hit on it, then you got to go to therapy. So it's not just, oh, I get to take time off. I get to just get away from sports for a little bit. Now you have to go through therapy every single day, and therapy sucks. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not fun. It's, it's you know, um, when we did therapy, I mean, we had to be there like 6 in the morning before everything else. We had to be there first. Then we had to come there after practice. We had to do therapy during practice. So it, it was a whole lot going on. And then you're just sitting there watching all your teammates play, and you're just like, man, like, I just wish I could be out there. And that is the part that really, really hurts a lot of athletes and hurt me, uh, to be honest. Of just seeing everybody else out there and knowing that, man, like I wish I could be out there, but I gotta go do therapy right now. And now all my other, all my other boys is going to go play video games. You, you know, in college, you know, that's why we do—play video games. Yeah. <laughs> but they going to go do what they want to do and have a good time. And it's like ah, I gotta go to, I gotta go to therapy again for the third time today. So I think that was the biggest mental drain of having to go to therapy all the time and then still having to be at practice. But while you're at practice, we're doing therapy again just to make sure we're good to go. So um, it hits people a little different, but that's kind of the mindset for me. And then I'll just say this, like after after you went through your therapy, right, after you, you did everything for your injury. You don't like. You would like to say some people come back even stronger, but a lot of times you're out, you're, you don't have your endurance anymore. You're trying to get back to where you need to be. And you got to get back into shape sometimes, depending on how long you're out. If you're out for eight weeks and say it's a leg injury and you can't run. Well, that eight weeks is saying like eight weeks I can now run or I can now jog, I can now trot, But now I got to get back into shape and the game to play at game speed. So it's a little different situation depending on the injury, of course, but man, that was kind of my mindset going into it. And it's just like you have you just gotta you gotta get it done. You have to get it done, and it's a part of it.
0: Man, that you know everything you're saying right there is so true. For me, Devin, I like when I was 28 or 29, I guess. Now it's 2016. Whenever that was, I was 28. So at the time, I that was my first major injury. I tore my shoulder out like completely. Um, it tore my labrum, but there was like it was way worse than that. Bone bruise, torn labrum, and they had to re you know put the anchors in my shoulder to is my first time getting sh- uh shoulder surgery and i was still competing in like diff- various city leagues and basketball tournaments and so forth because I'm, I'm a hooper i love to hoop and um even when i'm older Let's and I'm past, my, <laughs> I'm past my i my prime you, but like, yeah we, we like the we like the ball though see like that, that's the thing But when i went through my shoulder surgery what you were just saying right there is super interesting i would i would like to tell the athletes this right now like they told me six months of a recovery time and, and first off i was like okay whatever going through therapy at the beginning of it, I couldn't move my shoulder. Like I literally couldn't lift my shoulder two inches out to the left. And I was like, I'm never going to move my arm again. And like that, I went through these, like, you know, you these cycles of like depression because I couldn't move my arm. And so finally it truly was six full months of going to physical therapy consistently throughout each week, um, trying to get my arm to move. And that's a long six months. People don't realize like you got to put the time in. put the time in. Everyone else is still playing like you're saying. And I wasn't in college ball right here, but like everyone's playing. Everyone's still competing, doing city league, doing ter- different tournaments. I can't play in. I couldn't do anything. And then once that six months ended, then I could play, but I needed to get my endurance back. I had to start. I cu- I hadn't even shot a basketball for six months because I couldn't lift my arm up. So like now I'm finally getting back to shooting. So it was another two or three months before I felt good enough to play. And the, what, what sucked, Devin, is like I was going in my very first, I went and I played in a in a city league like season that we have for three on three basketball. And so we were playing, it was in the summer. And it had been eight months since my my surgery. And so I was finally back to playing. And I remember one guy, the way I was playing was different because I wasn't banging down low anymore. I wasn't trying to get his physical anymore. I was just kind of shooting the ball. And he goes, man, what happened to you? You got soft all of a sudden. You don't don't play physically anymore. I'm like, dude, I don't want to even lift the ball up where you guys can hit the ball down and it will jack my shoulder up. I'm too scared to get hurt again. So like, there was another psychological factor. It, It shifted the way I play basketball. Even to this day, like I'm a little bit different with the way I play ball. So anyway. I just wanted to kind of elaborate on that because injuries do take a toll and I want to talk to somebody who's, who's been there. Now, where did you play football at? Tell the listeners about like where you
1: actually played and uh, what position were you so they can kind of get a feel for how much of a baller you were. Yes, sir. So whole, whole life, actually, I played defensive end. So uh, I was a DN. I was a power forward in, in basketball. Again, I was better at at, at football, so I, I ended up getting a scholarship going there. Um, I went to Western Kentucky University, so I didn't got the shirt on. I didn't, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. go. The, the champs 2015. 2015 we ended 24th in the nation. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. 12 and 2. Um, but but what? But what, from there, I went to let's, let's go to high school, because where I'm from, we get down in a little football and people look, you know, if you're watching this, you may you may have heard of us. But Warren Central High School um, in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we're consistently top 20 in the nation. Um, I played DM my whole life. Now, my junior year, I actually didn't play. I said, you know what, I'm going to go play basketball because I thought I was a hooper. <laughs> right. I said, I'm going to play basketball. I didn't play my junior year, you know. We won. We won state like five out, or four, or five out of the ten years um, out the last decade. But we happened to win my junior year too, um, while while I wasn't playing. <laughs> and all my boys always rubbing in my face because I think I was on the team. I was like, Nah, man, I wasn't. I'm not going to that ceremony, bro. I wasn't there. Like I wasn't on the team that year. But anyway, so from that, um, I went to Western Kentucky University, so Bowling Green, Kentucky, where I met my wife at too. So shout out to my wifey. She was a baller. Um, I just want to be like her. So. Division one football at Western Kentucky University. I played five years out there because I redshirted my first year. And, and yeah, like I said, we you know went out with a bang to be honest 12 and 2. We lost to I don't know how we lost to IU, my home state school. Lost to IU and LSU, the only two teams we lost to that year. Um, and I went out and actually beat my uh. The person who the head coach coach Willie Taggart he actually brought me to Western Kentucky and we played him at South Florida my last game at in the Marlins Stadium at the Miami Beach Bowl game. So that's pretty cool to get to beat the coach that brought me to Western and then you know go out that way 12 and 2, 24th in the nation.
0: Yo, that's so sick, dude. Uh, Willie Taggart, that's cool. Like, what a cool little story there. And Western <laughs> Kentucky, they have dope helmets, man. So, like, I, I always thought, yeah. you know. Western Kentucky had the sickest helmets. Are you a fan
1: of the whole, like, look good, feel good, play good kind of situation? 100%. I mean, you know what I'm saying? When I wore a sleeve, I I played better. It felt better. Like, yeah, it just, I don't know. Did you wear a visor? I want to know, if did you wear a visor or no? I did in high school, but I didn't in college because it was just so hot when I went down in the South. And I was just like, I can't breathe in this thing. I can't see. But yes, if it was cold, yes. But then it fogs up. So I did wear a visor, but I stopped wearing a visor.
0: Those are the little things that people who've never actually put a helmet on don't understand. One, it gives you a headache. And two, the visor. Yeah, it looks dope, but you (laughs) it'll fog up. Or if it's hot, like you literally can't breathe. It feels like a sauna inside of there. And if you're like getting like, you know, you're banging every single play that's tough sweats flying into the visor and you can't even like see it's it's brutal think of it as like a windshield that you can't get wipers on like it's it's brutal
1: so i'm glad you actually said that man i've never actually talked to anybody about that specific topic. exactly i was a blocker tight end too so it's not like i was out there just trying to look flashy and fancy no i'm 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 in the trenches i was in the trenches every play so by being in the trenches i'm i'm banging i'm sweating you can't see nothing then it's like hey go run a route oh man i Hold on, I need a, I need a towel real quick. We and we ran a hurry up offense, so we don't got time to wipe your visor, clean your. No, it's no time for that. So, uh, but yeah, I've never talked about this any uh, either. So that's pretty, pretty a different topic to talk about. So yeah, uh, take them visors off. It look good, but man, unless you can rock with it, take it off. No, for real, just put the sleeves on. You can still look good without a visor, I guess. Yeah, you can so, still swag out. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, You know what I'm mean? saying? It's not. It's, but the thing is, it's not on you. It's in you. So. You got a swag in you, yes or no? And that's the real question. Oh,
0: I dig that. I love it. What was the biggest thing you'd say you learned, Devin, during the time at Western Kentucky, playing, you know, college football at a high level? What's the biggest lesson you took away from those five years?
1: Mm, that's a good question, man. The biggest thing I learned and take away, I'm I'm gonna go with the first thing that popped in my mind. I would probably say just just to just to speak up and be myself, hundred percent. So. And the reason I say that is because where where I'm from, coming from a, a top high school team in the nation to where if you don't play, if you don't produce, you can't talk. Like that was our rule. Like, nah, bro, you, you're not playing. You have no say in nothing we're doing right now. Right. And I took that same mentality to college and it's like, well, I'm a freshman. Like, you know, I, I play behind Jack Doyle. He's an NFL pro bowler. Like, like he's in the game. I'm not. So because I wasn't playing, I'm sitting back and like, ah, I kind of went in my shell, and I wasn't fully me. They didn't see my real character. They didn't see who I really was as a person. I just kind of sat back and said, "You know, I'm gonna just wait my time." So instead of sitting back and waiting your time, the one thing I learned is just be you throughout the entire thing. Because if I was me, and I would speak up, and I would, because I would walk in there and just kind of just feel like oh, I don't feel like being here today. Like I'm not playing. Like you know what I mean. And that's kind of the attitude I had. But I had to learn to say, you know what? I'm meant to be here. I'm supposed to be here. They need me on the team. So let's get to it. And then I, my last year, my senior year actually, actually took me a whole four years to actually get a more of a positive attitude. Um, And that's, you know, that's just part of it. But it took me to my senior year to actually have fun again in football, because in football, my first four years, I felt like I was just there just, just to be there. Just like, I'm just getting my degree. I'm just here to get my degree. And, That's not the right mindset to have about it. So I would say it really helped me fix my mindset and understanding that I need to just be me at all places, no matter if it's sports, no matter if it's in corporate America, no matter if it's, you know, as an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Be me, my 100% real and raw self, and that's going to be the best that I can give people. I love that, man. That is awesome. Freaking cool. So I hope those
0: listening are taking notes. Seriously. If you're a young athlete, especially take notes on that one, because that's going to help you throughout the rest of your life. And I love, Devin, that you mentioned it. It's, it. it's something that you learn through football, but you can carry that on through every aspect of life, entrepreneurship, you know, cor- in the corporate sector, if you decide to go that route, in sports in it, itself, any aspect of life, be yourself. We live in a world right now where like social media, you know, we, we need it for business, right? We need it for branding and marketing at times. We need it to connect with other people. I mean, it is good to have it but oftentimes we run into the problem that people are not truly themselves and it sets this false expectation for other people and and for yourself too because you start living in this world that it's not really you um so you're trying to live up to expectations that you've set for yourself without even realizing it so if you can be yourself at all times super super important and the younger you start that probably the easier because then you
1: can set mm-hmm. that foundation for the rest of your life yeah um, i just want to add one thing to that as well uh, you just you just you just draw some talking social media for the for the young athletes out there and, and and this really is for everybody to be honest, but specifically speaking to the young athletes, all this all this Instagram craze and TikTok craze. Listen, comparison is the thief of joy. If you compare yourself to somebody else, it's gonna steal all your joy away because somebody else is always gonna have more than you have. I don't care if you talk to athletics, I don't care if you're talking the car you're driving, it doesn't matter. There's always gonna be somebody that has something that you want that you don't currently have. But if you keep on just sitting in that and keep on telling yourself the story that I don't have it or telling yourself all the doubt and the reasons why you don't have it, you're never going to go get it. So I call it eliminate to elevate. You got to eliminate all the media and all that stuff that, that that stuff just holds you back. It's all the resistance that keeps you down, that keeps you from your true greatness versus compete with you, compete with the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror. Compete with you because you're the only person that you can compete with, and you're the only person that could truly beat yourself. Because if you do lose, you're typically the person you literally beat yourself. And I know a lot of people have heard that be- before. So you have to continue to just be you and just go out 100% and compete with you because you're the only person that has your vision. I love that. Absolutely freaking fire, man.
0: So speaking of competition, uh, you mentioned it a couple of times behind you two jerseys one's yours one's your wife's mm-hmm. what's it like being <laughs> together with uh, another former division one like athlete high level athlete like that is there competition within the household or <laughs> how does that work because i'm curious to know I, and i'm sure other people are thinking the
1: same thing so i just want to kind of pick your brain on that too yeah um there is competition in the household i probably i mean i don't I don't know. I don't know like the baseline to say like where is that at? Cause again, I'm we're just competing with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely some healthy competition. I'll say that. So, some healthy competition to where whatever we're doing, like, you know, she wants to win. If we're playing basketball, I'll just be honest, like, she, she typically wins. Like, she's quick. She's getting in and out. She got a jumper. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Now, can I win? Yes. I can back her down. I'm six four. <laughs> I can <laughs> back her down to put the ball in the bucket. But, um, but yeah, when it comes down to things like that, that's where we typically compete. But outside of sports things, um, we're, typ- we're typically just partnering up and team together. So we want to always win, on uh, no matter what. So we we view it as not not her name is Iliana, Illy, but we don't call it an Iliana Devin show. It's a Scott show, and we make sure we both win. I love that the teamwork
0: aspect of it too, which is another sports concept that you can put into your life. I freaking love that, dude. That's super cool. I like to hear like you know it's fun, you know, playing sports together and stuff. But when you're together, like you're you're teaming up, that is dope. Mm-hmm. You know, as we. I want to before we get into the the entrepreneurial side, you know, post athletic side of of things. I want to know who the best player was you ever played against in college football. Mm. Who was the best person you ever went up against that you can remember?
1: Mm, the best player ever went up against. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, I, I I gotta I can't remember I can't remember buddy's name to be honest. He's the DN number 92 on LSU. I don't even know his name, but uh but that's specifically that boy was heavy. <laughs> I was too I was 260 and I was a blocking tight end. I think he was like 290, 295. And again, LSU is a little, they eat a little different in the in the in the, <laughs> the SEC versus conference USA. They eat a little different. So um I, man, I wish I knew his name. I don't even know his name, but he—he he was just—he just would come with his head and just fly. Out. And then I'll—I'll I'll, I'll say the second thing because I mean I played Tennessee, we played Alabama, uh, we played some big time schools like that. But again, another LSU guy, Leonard Fournette, and I, I was on offense, but I was on the sideline watching. <laughs> um, Leonard Fournette, man, he's—he's uh, he's a train. I'm gonna say it like that. Different, man. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. People don't realize.
0: See, this is why I like talking to someone like yourself, Devin, because. The casual fans will see Leonard. And they'll be, like, oh well, he didn't have, he hasn't had such a, a a hot NFL career. I mean, he got put on the bug, like all the things. Like it wasn't as hyped up as what he was coming out yeah. of college. I'm like, no, no, no. People don't realize that doesn't matter. Like, there's a lot that goes into the NFL career kind of thing, situational stuff that happens. You know that he, when he was in college, he was a dog, like a straight dog. So it's cool to hear of someone who actually, you know, you got the chance to witness him from the sideline. Like you were playing against him. Granted, you were on the sideline for for that because you weren't playing defense, but you got to see him in person, and I think that's super cool. Like it, it, that stuff sticks with s- sticks with you, you know, and I think that's awesome, man. So after college gets over, now we're going to get into the business side of things. You've had this awesome career through sports and and we talked about athlete to entrepreneur. And as I segue into this this particular discussion, I'd like to to preface this with the fact that I work. My full time job currently at a company called ClickFunnels. Uh, my boss is Russell Brunson, who in, anybody in the marketing world probably knows who Russell Brunson is or has heard of him of some sort. Okay. I get to work for him and it's been a blessing because I've learned a ton from Russell just working for him. I, I learned it because when you worked in the office, when I worked in the office, I was eight feet away from him. Anytime he had an idea, he'd come out to the office and talk to us about it. Super cool. But the other day, it was probably a month ago or so, I go into the office. And I was dropping off a book for a former guest of the show. His name was Thurl Bailey, a former NBA basketball player. He was sent me a book to give to Russell. Cause I'm, I'm doing some work with him and I walked in there and he was, and, and I remember Russell talking about, man, there's such a, a market for athletes because all these athletes are wanting to become entrepreneurs. They want to use what they've learned because Russell himself is a division one wrestler. He was a former division one wrestler, you know, all American twice. I mean, he's just a stud and he, he himself was an athlete who was turned entrepreneur. He, he leverages a lot of those skill sets he learned in wrestling to his entrepreneurial background. So we got in this discussion. And so he's talking about Thurl Bailey and all these different basketball players, football players, everybody, athletes, that, and we should be hitting that market. The coolest thing about what Devin's doing right now, guys, is that's what he's doing. He understands that. There's so much you can learn through sports and then transfer those skill sets over to the entrepreneurial world like he himself is doing. So Devin, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, Russell mentioned it's a good market. What are you doing with athlete to entrepreneur and
1: and and what can we find out about what you got going on? Yes, sir. Shout out to Russell Brunson, man. Hey, he he's the GOAT. <laughs> he's the GOAT. <laughs> he's going down in the marketing industry as the GOAT, man. Uh Pat, he's getting past the baton. Um, but anyway, so athlete to entrepreneur. So what I do specifically, I help retired and transition to athletes, find their identity and purpose after sports. And we do that by turning their passions into profits. So what I mean by identity and Purpose, first and foremost, your whole entire life as an athlete, you were an athlete. So you see, I see my hat. I'm, I'm a big on affirmations. Like, like, I am an athlete. That's what you'll say your whole life. Now, once sports ends, you're like, okay, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. By the way, during sports, you know what time you're waking up. You know what time you're eating. You know what time you're working out. You know literally your entire day, every single day for your whole life, you know what's going on. Like that's just what it is. Occasionally you get a couple days off in the weekends. But outside of that, you know and you have it all scheduled for you. So you are one hundred percent an athlete. But what happens when sports is over, um, you know, I think it's only what one point seven percent of the people in in Division one make it professional. So like it's a small it's like one in fifty seven people, like all sports, like it's so tiny. um out of the millions of athletes out here playing sports. And when it's over, you just say to yourself, like, all right, um, who am I now? Like, I was an athlete, but so a lot of people take it a l- way different. So some people take it in the sense of they go into depression uh-huh. because they feel like they weren't good enough to make it to the professional level, even though they may have made it to the division one level or division three level, which is amazing. You played a college sports, like not a lot of people d- do that either. I think it's right. only seven, seven or eight percent of those even make it to any level of collegiate sports period so it's a big accomplishment but because we wanted to go to the professional level and that's what we grew up with our whole life i'm talking about since two years old maybe not two <laughs> second grade or so six seven once you actually started understanding like what do you want to do and the question are what do you want to do when you grow up i'm going to the league what do you want to You when grow up I'm going to the league when it's basketball season i'm going to the nba when it's football season i'm going to the nfl like that's just all is programmed in this every single day because that's really all a lot of us know So, once that's gone, again, who am I? Like, I don't know anymore. How do you identify yourself? So, what do we do? We typically just go back to what we learned, what we were taught from the system. And I don't know how much we'll get to the system. But um, the system, I call it the cultural indoctrination camps. Some people call them child prisons. Um, I'm not showing any shade at the school system because they do do some great things. But... They teach us what to learn, not how to learn. Correct. So what we do, because they programmed us our whole life, is we just go back and say, well, what, what does school say? Go to school, get a degree, get a good job. All right, cool. I, got, I went to school. I got my degree. All right, it's time to get a job. Now, then what happens is now you just become an employee. Now you're waking up every day. You're, waking, you're going to sleep on Sunday like, oh, I got to work tomorrow. You're waking up Monday morning like, oh, I got to go to work today. Like, man, and it just just, just traps you. You feel so unfulfilled. You feel stuck. You don't know where to go. And you still haven't identified who you really are anymore. Now you're saying like, hey, I'm an employee. I work for this company. That's how you're identifying yourself. But there's not a lot of fulfillment in that. So so from all of that being said, I I found um, a, a niche in here because I had to ask myself when I was trying to look for my target market. My mentor told me he said he said Devin your target market is you 5 to 10 years ago. And he said he said wow let me show you. He said because you're, you know, you started here, you know, now you're here and you can help people close that gap to get there. But the only way you can help somebody get here is you got to go through it first. You got to understand the steps of how to get there, right? But I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Even though we have so much self-doubt on ourselves that we don't feel like we're enough, we don't know, we don't we think we don't have enough experience we don't have enough knowledge we have so much knowledge of just being athletes and learning how to be athletes alone that if we teach that to other people people will love that so typically what happens for me i'll just speaks for me i went to corporate america i'm like oh this is easy all i gotta do is go to work today that's it i don't got no practice i don't got no study table this is easy but then what happened i got into a i got down and i got like Like, I I don't know if it was depression, probably close to depression of like, who am I? Like, what do I really want to do in life? And that's where the purpose is. I felt like I had no purpose. I had a so like such lack, lack of clarity of purpose. And I didn't know what I was here for anymore because my whole life I was supposed to go to the league. But then I didn't make it. So I'm like, why am I here again? Why am I supposed to be here? And I never got down to the levels of like, you know, suicidal thoughts, but I know a lot of athletes that I have because right. they're like, what else do I do? I didn't make it. I, I'm a failure. I'm I'm a loser. It's over for me. I might as well just right. So that's where I help people become an entrepreneur because one thing I'll say about this is it's not gonna be the government, it's not gonna be the school systems, it's not gonna be none of that. It's gonna be the entrepreneurs in this world that's gonna make a world a better place, period. Check the history stats, check all the history of, of who has actually made the world a better place. Entrepreneurs, innovators, inventors, those type of people who, who are, are acting on a level of imagination, not acting on a level of implementation, working with their hands. So I found that and I understand that we have to be able to give this this, this system, this business system to athletes, which, like you said already, They already have everything it takes to be a great entrepreneur, to be a great employee if you want to. If you don't want to go an entrepreneur, to be a great person in general. But I help people find their identity and purpose and we identify themselves as an entrepreneur or an owner or a founder or a CEO or a CVO. You label yourself so you feel like I am somebody versus just saying like, I just just go to work every day. And then um, the last thing I'll say about the purpose. So that's how we find identity and find purpose. When you find your people, you find your purpose. And once you find your tribe of people that you are waking up for, that is bigger than you now, it's not just all about you. That's when you wake up like a little kid on Christmas every day, ready to go back and go give and help others. That is so
0: freaking cool, man. And I think it ties really well into my last interview that I just did with a guy named Brock Bevel. And Brock has the same, we had a very similar conversation about athletes post- playing career and you can go one of two ways. A lot of them go into the the depression side of things because they they lose their identity. Unfortunately, they they don't know what their identity is and they're they're searching for they they typically search for that that excitement, that high again. And so you'll see a lot of them go into depression and they start medicating with different types of drugs. They start experimenting with this, that, and the third. And you'll see a lot of them unfortunately go down that path, whether it be former college athletes, former professional athletes, whatever, because they're looking for something that they miss that and i love that you you brought that up because it's so true athletes they they identify as an athlete you know for so long and they're used to this this thing you take that away from them and it it's it's that's a pivotal point in their life and i love that you're doing something in that pivotal moment in their life to show them like no you have the skill sets you've acquired skill sets that are super super important that can be used and in fact i'd almost say you can leverage those skill sets those are they're I'd say you learn more in sports than you do in college. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I mean, I got a college degree. Shout out to the, you know, Boise State University. Go Broncos. But you know what? Reality is I learned more boxing. I learned more playing basketball. I learned more playing football. Like I really did. I learned more coaching basketball than than I did. And and people think that's crazy. They're going to say, oh, you're just a bunch of dumb jocks. But that's not the case. No, No, you're not you have so many there's teamwork we just talked about teamwork between you and your wife teamwork you have to learn how to work with other people sometimes you don't always like all the other people we got to learn how to work with one common goal and one common purpose you know competitive nature you know respecting authority um respecting those around you whether they're authoritative figure or not like you there's a lot that goes into it you're you have to show up even when you don't want to you gotta you gotta show up for those around you you gotta show up for yourself a lot of different things that go into it understanding how to take wins and losses um, and there's going to be a lot of those in life, all those different things that you acquire in the sports world, you can bring into the entrepreneurial side of things. And I love that you are doing that. So where can we find out more, Devin? Like you're helping these athletes transition into that and, and getting into the entrepreneurial space, which I know tons and I want to push them your way. So I want to know where can they find the information out about what you got going on? What kind of services do you provide? We We need you to open
1: up here so we can, we can learn from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course. Appreciate it. So number one, it's, I run a monthly masterclass. So once a month, it's a four hour masterclass right now. And we give you the whole game. We teach you how to literally make the decision to become. We teach you how to unlearn the system that's been programming us our whole entire life. Un- unlearn all that. Throw out all that doubt away because the system just keeps us misinformed. It keeps us broke. It keeps us um miseducated, uneducated. It, it doesn't give us what we need. So we're going to throw all that out the window. And like you said, you learn more in sports than you did in college. Just think about that. You learn more in sports than you did in college because all the system does and all the, again, I call it the cultural indoctrination indoctrination camps. They teach you how to become um, something that they want, not what you want. They teach you to live life um, for things that are against you and be against things that are for you. For an example, if if you go to... If you go get a a master's degree, guess what? Say, hey, hey, mom, hey, family. I'm going to go get my master's degree. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations, Devin. Yeah, like that is amazing. And, you know, how much is it? Oh, it's just $75,000 a year. $75,000. Oh, my goodness. That's so amazing. That's amazing. Oh, it's two years. It was uh, $250,000. That's amazing. That's what they say, right? That's what the school system. That's what that's what we're programmed to understand. But as soon as somebody says, um, "What if I went to my family? Hey, family, hey, I, I just invested. I just invested twenty five thousand in a mastermind group so I can learn how to go make a hundred thousand a month." They're like, "You're crazy. What are you doing? You know what you could have did with twenty five thousand? Who who do you think you are? Like nobody's making a hundred thousand a month." Twenty five thousand, you could have, right? It's just like what you would let me pay one hundred fifty thousand to then go make maybe ninety, possibly yeah. seventy five to hundred ish a year, but it but you won't you're not supporting me to go pay significantly less than that, <laughs> and then go learn how to make what making a year in one month. That's the. That's the mindset shift that we're teaching athletes to understand to have because you got to unlearn all that program stuff and relearn and prime your brain with some new juice, some new systems, some new understanding of of what this really is. We have people that come from different countries all of the time that come to America because this is the the land of the free. And the reason for that is because we can do whatever we put our mind to. But too many times we get stuck back in a box and say, hey, I got to go back and get a job. Not saying jobs are bad, jobs are great, it's a great stepping stone. I learned so much in my job, so I can learn how to be the best entrepreneur there is. But um, but that's where it all starts. We unlearn people's brains, we make sure that they understand the real system and the keys to success. We allow people to become the experts in their field. We teach people how to do that. Um, last couple of things we do is we teach people the four steps to grow a business. It's only four things, by the way. People say, Oh, this can't only be four, it's only four. Things, lead generation. You cannot run out of leads. You can't run out of customers. Lead um, conversion. We need to convert those those leads into actual sales. Lead conversion. We show you how to do that. Customer ascension. We need to send them up your value ladder to where they are going to buy your highest and best valued product. Like why you want to sell them something that's ten dollars if you have something that's ten thousand dollars? Tell them the ten thousand dollar thing. Right? We teach you how to. Build your offer, by the way. That's part of customer retention because people don't believe that they have something in them that they could sell for five thousand. They could sell for ten thousand. We believe in high ticket because when people pay, they pay attention. If you paid a dollar, you may show up. If You pay ten thousand dollars. You're going to be there early with three pens and two notebooks. And then lastly, we teach people customer um, customer retention because we got to make sure that customers staying happy. And we do that through continuity programs or AK subscriptions like a apple music and they make what probably trillions are they trillions probably trillions probably, probably. From apple music so that's the process that we walk people through and then to become to make the decision like i said earlier to make the decision say listen i am doing this i know everybody else in the world thinks i'm crazy um i, I don't know if this statistic is the same but i think it's still only seven percent of people are actually business owners versus 93 percent of employees You're joining part of the 7% gang, so 93% of the people are going to think you're crazy. But we help people walk through that process to get in the tribe to say, listen, we're crazy, too. Look, we're crazy, too. I know everybody else in the world looking at us like we're crazy. Like, we're crazy, too. Let's talk about this crazy stuff, and let's go not just change the world like everybody says, but go improve the world and create your own world that you want to do. So that's what we teach people through um, with Athlete's Entrepreneur. I love it, man. Where can the listeners
0: go? to find, like you mentioned a monthly masterclass, like where can they follow you, Devin? Like let, shout out any websites, any, any social media handles, where can they go to get information? Cause we've got people
1: listening that are probably going to be like, okay, I want, I want to talk to this guy. Yep. So right, right now, um, I'm not sure when this is going to drop, but it's athletes, but it, we're going to change that. Cause people don't know how to spell entrepreneur. So, um, we're going to change it to a two E live.com a2e live.com you go through there it's a free masterclass you register i would highly recommend and go vip though because those are the people who really are ready to take the next level plus some other cool bonuses that you get that just you know is way worth more than money than vip but um that's where you can go a2e live.com as well as just follow me on on instagram on on facebook uh devin d scott on instagram and I believe it's Devin D. Scott on Facebook, too, or Devin Scott on Facebook. So follow me there. I post all the content. You'll see it around everywhere. And um, come learn a little something because this is what we're doing. We're helping you become the person who you're called to be so that you can live the life that you want to live versus just living a life that you feel like you have to live. I love it. And We're going to put those
0: here in the description for those listening. So obviously check the description of the show. I'll link these social pages as well as his website there to check it out. Uh, I think it's awesome, Devin. Um, if you guys have questions for me too, you want to get a hold of Devin, I can get a hold of him for you. Like, Just w- reach out. We have the connections. We want to make sure that if you guys have questions on this type of stuff that you get in contact with Devin. So let me know if you have questions. I'll get it, get it over to him. And, uh, man, there's just so much. This is like the perfect – when I first started my show in 2017 – I wanted to show people that athletes were not dumb jocks. That was my whole concept. My sister was not a sports fan, but she'd support me in sports my whole entire life. And I always heard that like we were all just dumb jocks. My whole goal was to show people that, no, you can learn a lot of things. That's why I brought on guests every single week for the last five years, sharing their stories. And you are the perfect... like It's, it's just funny because five years later, I'm, I'm running into the perfect person that needs to be highlighted here because you are the proof everything. Of, of what you can become as an athlete. And so I, it's just funny to see full circle how it's come through. Five years later, I've connected with you and your story is incredible. So those listening are probably like, dang, this is exactly what Shane wanted to showcase on this show and you did it, man. So Devin, I appreciate your time, brother. Uh, wish you the best of luck going forward. I want everybody to make sure you go check out Athlete to Entrepreneur. Go follow him on all of his pages. We'll have it here for you. And
1: uh, yeah, man, I just really appreciate your time joining the show, man. Yeah, thank you so much too, Shane. Man, I I enjoyed it. Can't wait to keep doing more, and uh, can't wait to see you in athlete to entrepreneur live too. Cause it's, it's some big time things, and and I want to learn some things with the click funnels with you. Cause it's it's a. It's an automatic sales system. It's a beautiful thing. So can't wait for (laughs) 2.0. Yeah, yeah, you know it, brother.
0: You know it. For all those listening, hey, make sure you're subscribed to the show and I'll just ask you one more time, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show get out to more people. More people get to hear Devin's message. If we get more reviews, it spreads out to more people. That's how the algorithm works and I'm not going to lie about it. So just leave me a review. Let us know what you thought of the show. and We'll be coming to you next week with another interview.